At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, and on this edition of the program, we're going to talk about running for office, uh, what it takes to run, how a candidate formulates that decision, and then what it's like on the campaign trail. And with me on the program is a special guest and friend, uh, Randy Bridges. He's a state representative from Paducah, Kentucky. And uh, Randy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Richard. Glad hey, to be here. Randy, we, uh, you know, we've we've talked about uh, running for office. In fact, in personal conversations, I mean, I knew you way before I think you thought about running uh, for office. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to do this program was to break it down for our listeners: what's involved with just coming to that decision of running for an office. And then also maybe dispelling some of the myths, because I think a lot of people think that, man, I got to be from the political class, or I've got to have all these degrees on my wall, or I've got to do this or that. And I I think we forget as Americans and as Kentuckians that, man, this is our government. This is our commonwealth. This is our community that we're talking about. And it's just regular people, really, that serve, and and, uh, they want to make a difference. And... um, I see you as just a regular guy, uh, if if I could put it that way. I hope that's not offensive. I hope I didn't no, step on toes. No, not at all. I, I'm telling you, er, everything you said is just the the. Uh, I, I would find myself just the opposite as far as the the super educated, the degrees on the wall, and all that. Actually, uh, what uh, many people may not know about me is I do not have one hour of college education wow. to my name, wow. and yeah. uh, uh, probably one of my biggest regrets in life. And uh, I do, uh, of all the, the people I have the privilege of serving with in Frankfurt, all the men and women, uh, honestly, I'm probably the least qualified to be up there. But uh, I can say if if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. But uh, as far as preparing yourself for office, uh, it, it takes a lot of soul searching. Yeah. As you know, uh, um, uh, in 2012, there was some redistricting and some difficulties and I had uh, been asked to run then, and, and it, they just did not work out. And then in 14, I did run. Randy, if I could jump in, I think that's when you and I got to know each other. A, f- a mutual friend um, connected me with you. We were looking for candidates. That's when CPC first began in 2012. We were recruiting candidates who were very principled and uh, pro-life and pro-family, pro-religious freedom. And I was giving your name by a mutual friend, and I called you, and we got to know each other. might have had lunch at one point, and... Um, at that point, you didn't feel led to run. You were close. You actually went up to Frankfurt, if I recall, with your papers, ready to file, and then there was breaking news. I think when you got there, some breaking news happened. Yeah, we we waited to the ninth hour because there was uh, there had been some redistricting, and then there was a, a challenge that went all the way to uh, uh, court, and it was ruled about 3.30, and the, the filing deadline was 4 o'clock. 
and uh, it, it ruled the redistricting was out and it threw me out of the district but if we go back a step before that when, when you first contacted me and a group contacted me it wasn't for me to run for office it was to help you guys find someone that you thought could do a good job and i had two or three in mind and uh, every one of them sort of fell by the wayside and yeah. then uh, this but uh but but you're you're right we were in the in the ninth hour and then they ruled the redistricting out and uh that put me out of the out of the district uh and so uh i didn't run and then uh in 14 i ran and uh and lost uh you know that that was uh, the toughest thing but if any if anyone were to ask me what what do you need to make your mind up or what yeah. what what yeah. sets you in that i i think uh it takes a lot of prayer yeah. and uh, you're going to see a lot of or hear a lot of cliches and everything, but uh, I'll be honest with you. When I ran in 14, it was probably more out of flattery, yeah. and uh, probably what helped me the most was losing. Yeah, because did it humble you? It, it, let's be it, it, it very. Oh, absolutely. Because let's was, be honest, that may yeah, be one yeah, of the most humbling yeah. things when you put yourself out there, when your name is on the ballot, when you're literally and figuratively knocking on doors and asking for a vote. And you give it your all. I saw how hard you ran, and uh, then when you come up a little short, it uh, it, it is it it causes you to do a, a personal check of yourself. But uh, mm-hmm. one thing that I had a a person tell me and uh, or challenge me to do, and that's to be the same person after the election yeah. as I was the day before, yeah. regardless win, lose, or draw. And uh, probably the two hardest things for me to ever do, as far as when it comes to politics, was uh, we. We had the election on a Tuesday. I lost, and then on Wednesday at noon, I, I went to Rotary Club to, to luncheon, and then Thursday morning at seven thirty, I went to the Chamber of Commerce breakfast. Mm. And at both of them, numbers of people come up to me and said, "I can't believe you're here. What are you doing? You need mm. to take some time off." And I, I said, "No, I made a commitment that I would be the same person the day after as I was the day before, whether I went won or lost." Yeah. And uh, I, I think that. Uh, that actually set the, I think, uh, a standard of my peers that, and of myself that you know politics can't change you, and if you do, you don't you don't need to be in politics. Yeah. And and uh, fast forward two years later, that was fourteen sixteen. Uh, I just uh, I felt like I wanted to dive into mission work. I uh, decided to stay away from politics. Matter of fact, I. Uh, I know there were a number of uh, area legislators that were wanting me to run that were a little upset with me, and uh, you may have been yourself, and I don't, I don't blame you. But it just, you know, the timing just it just didn't feel right. And I, you know, for for two or three years, I poured myself into mission work uh, overseas, uh, third world countries, and in the eastern part of the state, and somewhere in all of that, when 2017 rolled around. Um, me and my wife had prayed about it, and, and I'd put politics behind me, to be honest with you. Now, that's not to say I wasn't still active, but I, I put, as far as me being directly involved in a political campaign and being a yeah. candidate, that was that was out. Yeah. I, I served at a state level with the uh, State Realtors Association as a state political coordinator for our local senator. Mm-hmm. I, I, I built those connections and everything, but not with the intent of ever running for office again. So uh, it, uh, you know, it's sort of like a couple of things happened. And uh, one was my wife is not a political junkie. She's not crazy about the limelight. And she really doesn't like politics. And 
of all the things she come to me and we had not spoken about it in months and she got up one morning come to me i was getting ready for work and said you're gonna think i'm crazy but i think you ought to run for office now this was in 2018 17 late 2017 2017. before the 2018 filing deadline so she had already been through one race with you you lost she saw the impact it had on you know i know it was hard Mm -hmm. But you'd said that you prayed the first time about running. You got input, I think, from friends and family. But when you heard this from your wife the, the second time, a couple years later, saying, I think you should run, how, how did that grab you? That was, to me, one of the major turning points. And uh, uh, through a couple other things, uh, uh, and, and I don't publicize this often, but uh, uh, even uh, there, there was a representative from my opponent that I ran in fourteen that uh, approached me and said, "You know, uh, the the political climate is just not right, and I think you could make a difference. You've mm-hmm. seen those relationships. So when the when the opposition comes from you to you with that, and I'm still not thinking about it, and and my wife come to me, I I really, I mean, it was like." Uh, just a, a, a smack in the face, like I need to set up something's happening that I'm not aware of. And uh, after much prayer, um, you know, and and I'd really immerse myself in the missions, and and you know, the phone didn't ring, but I feel like the Lord, the Holy Spirit, laid on my heart that you know, there's as big a mission field in Frankfurt yeah. as there is in South Africa, right. in South America, in Eastern Kentucky, yeah. or anywhere else, and. Uh, I, it was one of them things where, where this uh, this past election, 2018, it just, everything clicked. That's fascinating. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, and Randy Bridges is uh, sharing his story of how he got involved with politics and how he ran uh, his first race and second race and eventually uh, got elected. We're going to go to a break, and we'll be back in just a minute. Growing up as a child, who did you turn to whenever you had a crisis? Who was your source of strength? Who held you in the darkest situations and became your beacon of light? Most of us will recall the love of our parents, our grandparents, our family. But the harsh reality today is that there are many who face the dark places of life totally alone. Since 1869, the mission and the ministry of Sunrise Children's Services has been to help children in crisis. That need grows every day in Kentucky. Everyone with a passion for children can join us in giving hope to children in need. To learn more, just visit sunrise.org or call 1-800-456-1386. Matthew 2540 tells us, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you did for me. Now's the time to be a child's source of strength. Come help us at Sunrise Children's Services. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. And on this edition, we're talking with State Representative Randy Bridges about how he got involved with politics and some of the factors that formed his decision-making as he decided to get involved. Because, Randy, quite frankly, uh, most people don't wake up in the morning and say, I think I'm going to run for office. Uh, You were uh, very involved with your church. You just shared with us on the previous segment that you're involved with missions. 
uh, run a very successful business. And uh, what was it the first time that led you to want to run for office? What was it that motivated you to come to that decision? I think just the ability to make a difference. You know, I've got grandchildren, and uh, I look around me and I see uh, things happening that is not conducive to their their welfare. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and 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 working with the state uh, realtors in a political level in in Frankfurt, uh, seeing coming to learn how things work, I, I come to realize, you know, if you're sincere and you're passionate and you're serious, yeah. you know. People will listen to you, and you can actually make a difference. and yeah. And you you don't have to be a political guru. You don't have to have uh, accolades and and diplomas hanging on the wall. That's right. Uh, you know, and, and that's what our government was set up for. Well, it, it's it's for the people, yeah. and it's by the people. That's right. And uh, if you've got a passion, you got a sincerity, and, and and I will tell you, after spending a session in Frankfurt. Uh, my expectations of, of what I found, I, I expected it to be about 50-50, 50% good, 50% bad. I'll be honest with you. I found it to be 90% good. Yeah. Now, now that doesn't mean that everyone agrees with me. Yeah. But if they're passionate and they've got a conviction and they've got a cause they're fighting for, well, you know, that, that's fine. They don't have to agree with me. But, yeah. uh, you know, but I, I did find there's about 10%. Yeah. And uh, to be honest with you, there, there's it, it, it crosses party lines and everything, but mm-hmm. there may be five to ten percent of you that will do anything for any reason as long as it promotes themselves. And yeah. and those I just try to stay away from. Yeah, you know, we're gonna we'll talk about Frankfurt and what your experience is like there um, in, in in a little bit more here in a moment. But I want to go back to something you said in the previous pro uh, episode or the pre- first segment about. Uh, you didn't think you were qualified, that you felt like the least qualified. And one reason I'm doing this program is for the listener out there that is passionate, they want to make a difference, they care about the direction of the Commonwealth, uh, they want to work for good values that is going to strengthen us, but they might not feel qualified to to run. You, you didn't go to college, and yet I'm in your office here. We're in Paducah. You're a realtor. And uh, Randy, by all measures, you're very successful. Uh, I'm looking behind your wall, uh, behind where you sit, and looking on your wall, and you do have quite a few awards from various realtor associations and various accomplishments that you have uh, attained here. You've been the president of the uh, Rotary Club, I believe. I'm the incoming or, president. Incoming president, Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. maybe. No, uh, the Realtor Association. Realtor. So, and I say that because you you have uh, excelled in your field, and people have recognized that. Um, what are some other things, other, what are some characteristics, I should say, of what makes a good candidate? What are just a few um, traits that, that really would stand out to make, to make you say, that would be a good candidate? You know, apart from, we already established that you don't need to go to college. There are other people in Frankfurt that haven't gone to college, too, that are serving. But what are some other traits? I would, I would say a, a dedication and a determination uh, and and you know and a conviction, yeah. and, and you got to believe in what you're doing. Yeah. And and I, I I see some people up there, that, and I'm so impressed by some that they're doing what they believe in, and yeah. they're acting yeah. uh, in, in a way that 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 supports what they say. Mm-hmm. And then I see others up there that really may not be doing it for what they believe in; they're doing it for prestige or they're doing it for self gain. And uh, and you can you tell can, that you can it, tell it, the it difference. It comes through when you're having a conversation, right. or when you yeah. see them giving a speech on the floor, uh, or just in other interactions, can't you? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, but uh, I, I think for me, it's just when uh, uh, 
I think when when you've got a passion and and you've got to be willing to work toward that passion, uh, there's so many times uh, in my past I've been guilty of being an armchair quarterback. You know, and it's easy to talk about things and mouth about things and everything. But uh, you know, it, this is something where you got to be willing to put yourself out there, and you've got to be willing to uh, be transparent. Yeah. And uh, you, 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 you. Unfortunately, uh, you learn to grow some pretty thick skin because uh, uh, social media is just uh, a tool in which people can hide behind and say anything, make up anything. You know, we've, uh, we've, uh, I've had personal attacks. Uh, I've I've seen it happen to to friends and everything, and it, it's hard. And what what's what's the hardest is not on yourself, but on your family. Yeah. But uh, uh, and, and that's one thing you've got to have is a good support structure around you. You know, you you've got to uh, you know you you really need to look at your family structure and everything, and make sure they're prepared for what's about to happen because you're not the only one in it. Yeah. Uh, it's my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my parents. My you know, it's uh, it, it takes its toll on everyone and. When you put yourself out there, they do not leave a rock unturned to find something, uh, you know, good or bad. Sure. And yet when you have deep convictions on certain issues, and I know that, for example, you're pro-life, you're pro-family, you're pro-religious freedom. And that's, by the way, why the Commonwealth Policy Center endorsed you in your in your election. But when you see somebody with deep convictions and the determination and the drive to run, don't you think these other things, these criticisms, the personal attacks that doesn't it doesn't that lessen in in some respects if you have that drive if you know what your goal is does it does it help deter some of that it, it does absolutely because if i didn't have those convictions if i wasn't so sure of what i stood for and it, it would uh, cause you to question yourself but uh you know when it comes to being pro-life when, when it comes to be a, a christian conservative when it you know uh you know, it, it may it, it you understand what it means to be persecuted, uh, and and how to uh, I guess uh, uh, what comes to mind for me is James. You know, when you look at James, and it says you should count it complete joy when you face persecutions of all matters. Yeah. But uh, and and I have found that, yeah. but it, it takes a while because uh, if you're not used to it 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 it, it'll put you back on your heels sometimes and 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 i'll be honest with you this uh this past session i i let my frustration uh get to me on Mm -hmm. one instance and Mm -hmm. uh, ended up on the front page of the courier journal and Mm -hmm. the paducah sun and that's not fun and uh, Mm -hmm. i would uh you know i i i I felt like i was falsely accused of being something i'm not but Mm -hmm. uh but yet i was still wrong because i i I misspoke and uh, did not uh abide by the uh the standards of the house and uh, i failed in that way and i feel i feel bad about that you know but you can also learn from that too you and i had a previous conversation right after that happened and uh you know what that makes you is it makes you human and it makes you fallible just like me i'm human and i'm fallible but you can learn from those mistakes that you make and uh, it's never fun to make it in public and that's the difference between elected officials and just regular citizens is that when elected officials make a mistake everybody's going to know about it when I make a mistake, they're not going to know so much about that. So, It's living under the microscope. It is. You're just joining us. Uh, Randy Bridges, state representative from Paducah, is on. And we're talking about elections and how he first uh, uh, got involved and, and what prompted him to run for office. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what it's like serving in Frankfurt and some of the accomplishments that have uh, taken place in the last year or so that Randy's been there. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. 
At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. Uh, we're talking politics and elections with State Representative Randy Bridges. Randy, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, you have been uh, in Frankfurt for, I guess, a full session now. Is that yes. correct? For yes. one year. Uh, what's Frankfurt like? Now, of course, Frankfurt is four hours from Paducah. This is the, the, the state capital where our laws and policies are hashed out. Is, let me start by asking this. Is this what you expected when you got up to Frankfurt and got it in the various committees and got onto the House floor and you saw the bills come up and that kind of thing? Is that what you expected or, or was it something else? Well, I, I don't think you can ever expect what the reality is. I, I will be honest with you, but uh, uh, it, it, it sort of builds on you, the reality of it yeah. and the uh, significance of it because – when you uh, step on that House floor and you you start making these decisions in committees, you know, you're not only affecting your life, and but you're affecting the lives of each and every person in the Commonwealth. And uh, it, I think it, it takes a, 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 little, a few, little while for the reality to set in. And especially when you vote, you know, you take your first vote and you, you're realizing this is law. And it's laws that will be in effect for years to come, and it's going to affect millions of people over time. It, it, it's impactful, and it, it, it really brings a clarity. Uh, there, there's a saying, though, in, in Frankfurt that if you ever pull up to the front of the Capitol and it doesn't move something in you, or you, you walk into that gallery, you walk into the, the rotunda, and you don't feel something special, then it's time to go home. And, yeah. uh, and, and I'm coming to understand it because there's not a time that I don't walk down them halls. And I'm, I just, I, as I said in the first segment, I, I feel unworthy to be there. Randy, what I'm hearing from you is you're feeling the weight of the responsibility to be a state representative. You represent 44,000 people, I think, each representative has, right. roughly. And uh, when you get up to Frankfurt and see the Capitol, and the listeners who, uh, who, who've been there can appreciate how beautiful Kentucky's Capitol is. It's made out of granite. On the outside, I believe, granite stone. On the inside, it's marble. You have these big columns on the inside. It's an absolutely gorgeous building. And there's this this awe about it. This um, what's the word for it? Uh, austere, austere, or August? Maybe it's an August. I don't know what it is, but it's an absolutely uh, moving building, and it represents. You know, it's, it's built that way with this beautiful material. It's big and it's space roomy, and but it's built that way because it represents the weight of government. That's the the the, the central authority of Kentucky is there. The leaders in 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 uh, the House and in the Senate representing all corners of the state. You have the the governor, you have the Supreme Court, and then you have the executive branches all there in the Capitol. And there is something about being there, isn't there? There is, and uh, you know, in all its all and all its beauty, I'll tell you the the most beautiful thing I see there though is the people that serve. 
And it's not just the legislation, legislators, it's not just the executive branch, but even those that are there day in and day out. Uh, I, I've got an assistant that's been there for 18 years. She's uh, 36, 37 years old, so she come right out of high school and went to work there. And uh, the uh, so many times the LRC staff goes unnoticed, and they're a nonpartisan staff that is dedicated to our commonwealth and doing the best they can without choosing sides. And uh, there are things behind the scenes that people don't get, and uh, I consider it a privilege and a blessing to be able to look behind the curtain and see the inner workings and uh, see that the the real good that most people don't get to see that you know you you hear the harshness yeah. on a on a you know on in the newspapers and on TVs but uh that behind the scenes there there is a, a magnificence or a beauty or a splendor that yeah. that takes place that our founding fathers had so much wisdom to put yeah. in the way things work and I, I there again I'm I'm just humbled to be a part of it. And, and Randy, I'm encouraged to hear that about the good people up there. And I, I agree with you. There are many, many good people up there. Frankfurt often gets a black eye when something bad happens. If there's a scandal or if there's a bad policy or if taxes are increased, we get upset at Frankfurt. But there are so many good people serving. In fact, I'd say there's been a, a, a move afoot in Kentucky over the last couple of years where we have a new group of leaders who are representing us there. And because of that new leadership, in fact, there's a new majority in the state house that you're part of right now, that uh, uh, because of that, there are different laws are, are uh, getting into place, namely pro-life legislation. Tell us what's happened with on the pro-life front in Frankfurt this last session. Well, you know, up until uh, just a year or so ago, we, we had set for many, many decades where there just was not any pro-life legislation that was even allowed to move. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, then uh, you know uh, we we had a a few measures pass the last previous session before I served, but this year we I think we had four major yeah. pro life uh, uh, bills to pass. Yeah. Some of them's been challenged, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know I, I look at it and people ask me, so where do you come come on this pro life? I you know one thing that, that that I you know being a Christian I always go back to is what what. What does my core beliefs say? And uh, when, uh, you know, I always go back to where, you know, man was made in God's image. Mm -hmm. And if I think about that, each human being, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter the uh, uh, the the uh, whether you're male or female. Each and every person that's ever stepped foot on the face of this earth. Yeah is made in God's image. That's right. And when I think about that, I think, you know, how could anyone take a life mm. born or unborn? You know, and, and that's right. that's where I plant my foundation. And if it's if, if that life is made in God's image, it's precious, it's sanctified, yeah. and I just feel like it's my responsibility to protect that cause that life at at, at all costs. And uh, it was really humbling. Randy, you don't know how much that gladdens my heart to hear that because for 22 years now, I've worked in Frankfurt and in the public policy arena working to restore the sanctity of life. And you really are the answer to my prayers. You and many others who are serving in Frankfurt with that conviction, you're voting those convictions into law. Mm-hmm. And because of it, Kentucky's a safer place for unborn children. And I'm very grateful to you for doing that. Randy, we are, we're out of time. I, I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. Really appreciate your service in Frankfurt and um, continue to look forward to working with you. Thank you. I appreciate what you're doing. God bless you. You too.